Hey, welcome to Service Online. We are stoked that you're joining us. I want to encourage you, wherever you're at right now, let's get into some worship and praise. I was buried beneath my shame Who can carry that kind of weight? It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. Come on, we sing. You call my name. Within a moment, I've 
been faithful and I've been reckless in every bend. I've held everything together and watched the shadow. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender. Changed my heart adrift and drifted home again. Under blessings till I've been desperate to find redemption.
kind of love is who you are. It's a grace I can never write to be somebody you still want. So
precious blood of Jesus Christ come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ As you wait for the crown and Tell the world of the treasure you found Jesus is calling Jesus is calling Yeah. 
Let's sing that one more time. You're good. You are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. God, thank you for that simple reminder. Lord, that you're good, that you don't fail, that you haven't let us down, that you won't let us down. God, nothing, nothing more needs to be said of that. just how it is. You are just good. And Lord, right now more than ever, I need that simple reminder. Father, as we continue in this service, help us to stay focused on you. Lord, that as we look at your word, God, that it would come alive to us. Lord, that it would encourage us and challenge us to grow one step closer to you. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this time. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. I want to invite you guys to uh, stay with us for the message. Hey, thank you for joining us for the service this weekend. You know, there's something about turning on the TV or putting on your phone that can seem like a disconnect, but I hope that through worship and, and really knowing that, that it's not just you, but there's so many of us gathered together online, experiencing Christ, leaning in close to him. That's what church is. It's, it's binding us together in the name of Jesus. So I'm so glad that you've come to be a part of it this weekend. Hey, there's a few things before we jump into the message. First, I want you to get your phone out and I want you just to text someone, whoever just comes to mind right now, just send them a quick note of encouragement. Let them know that you're praying for them. Uh, I had some people this week say they got a message for the very first time. And so you never know who you might impact. So go ahead and send that message. Uh, the second thing is if you go online, you'll know that there's resources. You can get the message notes uh, for this. There's stuff for kids and for students. There's a Bible reading plan. There's uh, just all kinds of things. So make sure that you check that out. Don't miss on taking this a little bit deeper uh, as you, you know, are in this mode of following after Christ. I mean, this is what it's all about. We want to know him more. So make sure you check out, uh, check out those resources. Also, uh, if you need prayer, make sure you text the word prayers to 30500. And if you would like to be on our update text list, make sure you text the word update to 30500. You'll see that information below. But don't miss out on staying up to date on, on all that's happening. This is also the moment when I want to encourage you to uh, continue on in worship by giving back to the Lord. And we do this through our app, and you can also do it online. You can also mail those in. You'll see all that information below as well. But this is when we just say, God, you are so good, and we want to thank you, and we want to walk in trust and obedience. And so we give back to the Lord. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness because your generosity and giving has made such a difference in the lives of so many through the various ministries that uh, we have that are going on here, uh, through things like our food pantry and Celebrate Recovery. There's so many things that are impacting lives and your, your willingness to, 
kind of step into that and engage with that makes all the difference in the world. I also want to know, let you know of something really special uh, that uh, maybe you received our, our email or maybe you have gone to our website and you've seen the video. It is just being released this weekend. Uh, but we have been talking over and over about these three lanes. The first lane is New Life at Home. That's where many of you are right now. Uh, there's, there's a lane that God has for you to grow in, and maybe this is it. For some of you, it's New Life with Friends as you've been gathering together and watching the video, maybe sharing a meal, just having a chance to uh, kind of discuss and question and go a little deeper with that. That is so great. Uh, and I know I've said this multiple times, but it's like the Acts 2 church, meeting house to house, growing together in Christ, being the church in the community. And that may be your lane. But for many, uh, lane three has been coming live to uh, what we used to have on Saturday night and now has been on Sunday mornings here uh, on our Turlock campus and our Patterson campus as well. And uh, we've been meeting out on the grass quad. But here's the change that I want to let you know about. Coming on Sunday, October 25th, we're going to be moving inside. I know some of you have been waiting for that. Some of you have been uh, hoping for that and expecting for that. And so just a couple weeks away, October 25th, we're going to be moving our service inside. Now, there's a lot of details that go around with that. We're not going to be able to fill the place. We're going to have to uh, keep the, the attendance at a certain level. There's some information about kids and what kind of health and safety things we're, we're putting into place. But we know that the weather is changing, the season is changing, rain and cold weather are coming. And we know that that third lane of gathering together live is an important one. Now, maybe you're not there yet, but I know that many of you are. And so we don't want to miss out on that in this coming season. So October 25th, we're gonna be inside. Now, how do you find out a little bit more about that? What are the whys? What's our reasoning behind it? I've shared all this in an email and a video as well. And so if you'll look below in the description of this YouTube video, you'll see that there's some links there and you can go there and you can read or you can watch uh, the information. You can also go to our website and you can click on uh, just the link there to see this message from me. And I, I hope that you'll be praying for our church. I hope that you'll be uh, just excited about what God has, even if you're not in lane three, you'll be excited about where God is taking us in this coming season. So lane one at home, lane two with friends, lane three live going inside on October 25th. So I hope you'll be around for that. Well, as we jump into our message today, uh, right before we do that, I want to take a moment and pray. So would you bow your heads? Jesus, we are so grateful for all that you've done and that you invite us to lean in close to you. Thank you for how you've been leading our church these past six, seven, eight months during a crazy time. Lord, we know that you haven't abandoned us, you haven't uh, let us go, but Lord, you are still our, our leader. You're still the head of this church. And so we thank you for what you've done, and we also look forward to what you're leading us into, and we thank you for that. Lord, today, I pray that, uh, that you would be our teacher, that you would be the one that speaks words of truth and hope and life to us today. We love you, and we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have a note sheet, I want you to get that out. I want you to follow along with me uh, today. See, we began this, this brand new series called Pray Like This last weekend. And we began by, by really teaching that the entire Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, is actually a prayer of connection, connecting us personally with a caring, faithful, close, and powerful Father. Remember, this Lord's Prayer came out of the disciples asking Jesus, Jesus, would, would, you, would you teach us to pray? Now, here's what's crazy about that. They had seen countless prayers as they grew up in and around the temple. I'm sure that they had offered their own prayers time and time and time again, probably even daily. They were, they were praying. But they saw something in Jesus that was different. It was just different. It was almost as if they were saying, whoa, whoa, whoa Jesus, this is time out. We've seen prayer. We've done prayer. But not like that. Not like that. Would you show us how to do that, what you're doing? It kind of reminds me of, <laughs> this is going to sound maybe crazy, but 
uh, YouTube. And if you're watching this, you're probably on YouTube, but YouTube has become my go-to place to learn how to do things. So about a month ago, I replaced the headlights in my truck with, with LED headlights. How did I know how to do that? YouTube. I found the video, found my truck make and model and the LED light, and I watched someone do it. It's like, oh, that's how you do that. Um, I, there are so many things that, that, I, that I've learned, like, like how, to, how to dice an onion correctly. I, I've sat there with my iPad in the kitchen, and I've learned how to dice an onion. I fixed a le leaky faucet back a while ago, and I'd done that before, but I, I didn't know how to do the certain model we had. Found it on YouTube figured it out. I learned somewhat how to fold a fitted sheet. Now, I'm not there just yet. You may be thinking, why are you folding fitted sheets? Well, listen, I, I have rebuilt an entire car engine before, but there's something about folded a fitted sheet that has been the hardest thing in the world. And so I pause the video, back it up. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, how do I do that again? See, that's what happens when you get on and you're trying to figure something out. You back it up again and again and again. You stop and you pause and you go, wait, wait, let me see that. How did you do that? Well, you realize that's exactly what the disciples were doing with Jesus. Whoa, whoa, whoa Jesus, wait. When you pray, it's something different. Jesus, when you pray, it, it's not just words. It's not just some memorized statements. It's not just a religious saying. You are actually connecting to the Almighty God. Teach us how to do that. And so Jesus said, pray like this. And last week, we see how he started this prayer by giving us a radical idea that we could actually connect to not just the creator God, the almighty God, but our father. And he uses this really intimate term. If you missed it last week, go back and watch it. But he uses this very close and personal term, you know, that's translated as father, but it's really kind of dad or, or, or papa. And all of a sudden we're invited into a relationship with a dad who is good and loving and kind and close. And it brings us to this place of peace, which means wholeness and completeness with our Father. And in this prayer that Jesus taught, there are actually seven distinct phrases. You could almost say that, that there are seven kind of little mini prayers that bring peace to our lives in, in areas that often seem to cause us the most struggle, the most stress. And we're going to see in a few weeks that Jesus invites us to ask our Father for the things that we need. What do, what do, we, what do you need? What do I need? What, what's going on? And Jesus is going to teach us kind of how to do that. But, but before we get there, this week we're going to see that Jesus brings us to a place first of surrender and dependence on our Father. In fact, here's what he prays. If you're there in Matthew, it's chapter six. It's again, this famous Lord's Prayer. It's, uh, it's part of kind of the Sermon on the Mount time that, that he was there. But, but in Matthew chapter six, here's, here's what Jesus says. May your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He starts by introducing us, right? inviting us into this close relationship. Our Father who is in heaven, your name is holy. Then he says, and may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, if we're not careful, prayer can become just kind of like a vending machine. And it really sets us up in a, in a way that tends to be spiritually damaging for us. Because we end up just saying, well, I, I want what I want, and I'm just going to ask, and I'm just going to keep coming back and just say, pretty please. And often it's really just all about me. And we pray for safety and protection from harm and from sickness, and we pray that we'd get good grades or a better job or more money and blessings, right? We pray that we would always be happy and that God would take away all the challenging and the hard things. And on one level, it's okay. Because Jesus said, yeah, br bring all those things. Bring your heart. Bring, bring all the, that to me. And he, it's like he's saying, it's okay to just let those out and to share those with our Father. But here's the overarching 
larger place of provision and peace. He says, may your kingdom and your will be true in me just as it's true in heaven. It's me giving God my yes, all of me, for all that he wants to do and all that he wants to bring and all that he wants to accomplish. Prayer is the invitation to align our will with God's will. And if you read through the Bible, you will discover it's been a common prayer through most of Scripture. The prayer of God's kingdom being established right here, right now, in you and in me and among us to replicate right here the kingdom of heaven. In fact, in the New Testament, as Jesus was kind of beginning his ministry, you'll see that right after he was baptized by John the Baptist, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and he fasted for, for 40 days and nights and he was heavily tempted by Satan to sin. And it wasn't just like little minor sin, it was, it was sin of, of, of the eyes. Remember he said, turn this, turn this stone into bread. It was, it was using his power for kind of selfish means. And so he was tempted. And after that time of temptation, he returned back to the city. And in Matthew 4, here's what Jesus said, or here's what it says. It says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God. And here's the key phrase, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So, so what's meant by kingdom? What are we really talking about here? See, for me, when you, when you say the word kingdom, my mind tends to go, in kind of a different direction, right? We think of, you know, the Lord of the Rings and we think of, of Narnia or, or maybe we think of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and we think of the king and the kingdom. That's kind of our picture of what that looks like. But the picture Jesus is trying to paint for us here is that the kingdom of heaven is about God's royal presence and power. It's about his ruling, and it's about his reign. It's about his supremacy and his ultimate governance, not just in this place that we would call heaven, but right here on earth and literally throughout the entire universe. Now, this kingdom has been talked about for centuries throughout the Old Testament. You can read about Daniel and King David and Solomon and Isaiah and Jeremiah and so many more who will speak of and write of and prophesy about the kingdom of God and about him being king and about him being Lord. And that's why when Jesus came to earth, the disciples kept asking when he was going to set everything up. Like, like when was the kingdom going to finally be established? Because back in the Old Testament, those prophets and those, those writers had been saying for centuries to look for the Savior, the Messiah to come and establish the kingdom. And they would use phrases like this and take up the throne and rule the earth. In fact, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, it says this, During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness, and it will stand forever. So imagine these disciples having heard that their entire lives, as well as their parents and grandparents and great-great-parents, that the, the Messiah was going to come and set up the kingdom. So as they were walking with Jesus, they would ask that question. And then he was crucified, but then resurrected. And when Jesus appeared to them, look what they asked in Acts chapter 1. The apostles were with Jesus and they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? It's like they were saying, is it now? Is it now? Is, is this when the kingdom come? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, so what is the kingdom then? Obviously about God as the king and his rule and reign. But why is Jesus instructing us that when we pray, to pray for the kingdom of God and his will to be on earth as it is in heaven? Because if you look around, you think, it doesn't seem like God's kingdom is really evident. But here's the thing. It's not a governing board. It, 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 it's, not a, it's not a system of, of legislatures. It's a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom of the heart and of the soul. 
Jesus, at the very beginning of this prayer, gives us the opportunity to state where our allegiance lies. Which king will we follow? Where are we going to place our citizenship? Will we give God our full yes, your way, not mine? Or will we hold back and establish our kingdom? And Jesus showed us what this looks like in the most challenging and the hardest of situations. Remember the night before he was betrayed and crucified? He had gone to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and it was excruciating, and it was emotionally painful. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew that his death was the sacrifice that was needed. He knew the cross was right around the corner, literally hours away. And so what did Jesus pray in this moment? In Luke 22, in this famous prayer, Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. And then here's where he goes. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Now, Jesus was saying different words, but isn't that prayer really your kingdom come, your will be done? Isn't that really what Jesus was praying? See, it's a prayer of ownership and surrender. Father, let your rule, let your reign, which is true in heaven, be true in me. So here's my yes to whatever you have for me, however you want to lead me, I am yours. Wow. That is a dangerous prayer. You've maybe never put those two words together before, but that is a dangerous prayer to say, not my will, but yours. I give you my yes before I even know what you're asking, God. I am fully yours. But I tell you, I tell you, that dangerous prayer will bring fulfillment and peace and joy like you've never known before. So how can his kingdom and his will be done on earth in me as it is in heaven? I believe we can start that by asking some challenging questions that can maybe help expose some areas of our lives that maybe we haven't fully surrendered. Maybe we haven't submitted those yet to God's will and his way. These may be areas that we're still holding on to a little too tightly. So I want you to take a breath. I want you just to prepare as, I'm gonna give you a few things to write down, but maybe just as we start this, you can say that quick prayer. God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in me, in me. I give you my yes. So write these down. First is this, praying for God's kingdom and and his will brings alignment to my life. Have you ever had a car go out of alignment? You know, you hit the curb once too often and now the, the tires aren't quite aligned. What that means is they're either pointed just a little bit in or a little bit out or, or the camber, which is the up and down, is off a little bit. But the truth is, is they're just simply not in the proper position with each other. And if you've ever had a car out of alignment, one of the ways you, you most easily know that's true is that if you hold the steering wheel lightly, the car will pull to one side or the other. Or you'll see the wear on the tires will be on the edges or, you know, just a little uneven because the positioning is all wrong. Alignment literally means to be in the correct or the appropriate position. So if I'm praying for God's kingdom and his will to be as true in me as it's true in heaven, it is putting myself in the correct position with God. He's God and I'm not. It's, it's a correct alignment in our relationship. But understand this, it's not that I'm nothing to him. It's not that I'm just a speck of humanity in the vast ocean of the population. Here's the truth. I'm known, I'm unique, I'm wanted, and I am loved by my heavenly Father. I see what Jesus did, and then that becomes my model for living, right? Jesus spoke truth and love, and he calls me to speak truth and love. Jesus responded with kindness and grace. He loved the least of these. He spoke out against injustice and hate. 
He challenged us to live generously with our time and our abilities and our resources. He pushed back against religious bigotry and legalism, and he invited us to walk humbly with our Heavenly Father. Now, I don't say all those things so we can go, oh man, I don't measure up. This is not to shame us or, or guilt us because none of us are perfect. We know that. It's a journey that he's inviting us into, to lean into him moment by moment, day by day, and to prayerfully say yes to God, to allow him as king to align us, to put us in the appropriate, proper position with himself. And then we become an extension right here, right now, of his kingdom. Now, could God do all this without us? Of course. But he doesn't want to. He invites us to be a part of his kingdom right here on earth. He's chosen you and me to align with him and to establish and grow his rule and his reign. We're the ones that get to fulfill his, his, his kind of ultimate challenge, his ultimate commandment, right? In Matthew 28, Jesus said this, So go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And then he said, I'm with you always to the ends of the age. God wants to use us, the church, not the structure and administration. The, the church is us, you and me together to move and grow his kingdom here on earth. But it's so easy for us to just sit on the sidelines and think, well, I'm sure God doesn't need me. I mean, he's got way more talented people. I know he has way more holy people that can do that. And Jesus would bring us back to this prayer and say, pray like this. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth, in me, as it is in heaven. In me, as it is in heaven. So God, continue to align me to your rule and your will and your way. The second is this. Praying for God's kingdom and will brings purpose to my life. Jesus is inviting us to pray that the purpose for which he has designed us, both you and me, is being fulfilled right now on earth. And you may think, well, I don't know what that is. How do I know if I'm doing his will or if my life is aligned with his purpose for me? Where do I find that? Do I go to a library somewhere? Do I find an, an old theologian who's been you know, following Jesus for decades and decades? Do I find it through a book? Do I wait for a dream? Is it going to come from a pastor? Yeah. Maybe God will use some of those. Maybe he'll use all of those. Sometimes he does. But how about starting by simply asking him? God, what's, what's your desire for me? What's your purpose for me? You can do some of that by, by reading the Bible. Not just to plow through as many chapters as you can, but to read and to pray. God, what do you want to teach me? How do you want to lead me right here with, with what I'm reading today? With just this little section it's also following and being sensitive to that tender tug of the Holy Spirit deep within us, where we sense God saying, this way, this way. When he makes our eyes open to things that maybe we've seen before, but it touches a deeper nerve, it stirs a passion in us. I will tell you, throughout my years in ministry, I've had so many people that have come and they've said, Pastor Dave, hey, Pastor Dave, you know what we should do? And I just want to tell you right now, I get a little, a little nervous when someone says, this is what we should do. Because more often than not, it means, hey, 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 this is what you should do. That's, what, that's what's being said. But I've had people come, friends come, and they've said, you know, we should start doing something like this. Or, or we should go to this place and, and impact lives. Or, or we should start this ministry. Or, or we should do that. Man, I, I think those can be such, such incredible moments and opportunities. And you may have had one of those feelings, one of that just, oh man, I, I've got to respond to that. Know this. Know this. That may well be what God is calling you to do. 
that may be part of the purpose that he has for your life. Not, not necessarily everybody else. And I will tell you this, it doesn't need a logo and it doesn't need t-shirts and it doesn't need a big crowd. It may be just you. Or it may be you and just one or a few others who are sensing that, that same draw, that same passion that's stirring. That's part of God's purpose for you. I think of here over the years, uh, there was someone who came, she's part of our church family. She may be watching this right now. She came and told me about how God had brought her through a series of circumstances and she felt such a desire to minister to those kids who are in foster care and especially those who are aging out of foster care and find themselves nothing. And she just, she just, she just did it. She just went out and started ministering. And we as a church family have helped supply blankets and stuffed animals and stuff for smaller kids that are part of that. But it was just, that was part, that is part of the purpose that God has for her. There's, a, there's another uh, woman here and she's one of our small group leaders for uh, our high school ministry. And she and some of the girls in her group, as COVID hit and all that was going on, they just wanted to provide help. And so they started delivering groceries. Just amazing. It's not like, hey, can the whole church do this? It's, and here you got to hear this, the church is doing it with her and this group of girls. The church is doing it, making a difference to those who are shut in at home or, or can't get out. I know a guy, and he would tell you that he doesn't have much education, and he doesn't have a whole lot of skill. A man, he, he is so great at helping with like mowing lawns and trimming and edging and blowing and you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And he, he does that for a living. But then you know what he'll also do? He'll be doing a, a home that's on his, you know, client list. And the home next to them is maybe a single mom or someone who's gone through a loss. And he, it's not about money, doesn't even want money. He'll just go and do it on his own. Just making a difference in someone's life. I have a friend who uh, was a mechanic and uh, he would say the same thing. I can't teach. I'm not a musician. I can't do those things, but I can turn a wrench. And he just started changing oil for single moms and for those who were elderly and people who needed just a, a quick car repair, but felt like they didn't know where to go or didn't have the money. And he just, he just put it into use. I mean, it can be anything. It can be baking cookies and preparing meals. It can be visiting a neighbor. It can be uh, building a fence or, or painting a room for a family that's walking through cancer. I mean, there's so much that God has gifted us with. And he says, that's part of your purpose. Your will be done in me as it is in heaven. Your purpose be done in me as it is in heaven. Your intent, God, your desires be done in me as it is in heaven. And that's why we just say, here's my yes, God. Here's my yes, show me your purpose. And it's then we experience the greatest peace that the Lord has to offer. Write this down for the last one and we'll close. Praying God's kingdom and will brings peace to my life. See, making the choice to align my heart and soul to God is what he uses to advance his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's what we've been talking about. Giving our good father our yes, though, brings an all-encompassing peace to my life. It simply can't be explained. The Bible even says it that way. It's a peace that passes our understanding. We can't quite put words to it, yet it's there. You know, one of the things that I love about the Bible, and there's many things, but but one of them is, is the Bible doesn't just give us perfect people who got it all right, who lived in a higher plane of holiness, and, and we can't even begin to relate to them. The Bible doesn't give us that kind of examples. The Bible shows us real people, real people who struggled and were selfish. Jesus is probably the only exception with that, right? Because he was God himself. But everyone else is just people who at times said, nope, sorry, God, I am not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not getting involved in that. The Bible shows us people who had emotional issues and, and maturity issues and, and people who gave in to temptation, people who lied and cheated and hurt others. Sound familiar? It should, because it's you and me.
It's all the stuff that we struggle with. It's all the failures and the doubts and the fears and the challenges. But the Bible doesn't leave us there. The Bible also shows us a path of redemption and change, how we can be reconciled and forgiven and made new. You have a guy in the Old Testament like Jonah, right? And we just think about Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the big fish, whichever way you want to go on that. But Jonah lived out a different kind of prayer. It's not the one that we're looking at today, like the Lord's Prayer. His, his, his prayer went something like this. Not your kingdom, God, but my kingdom and my will be done. I'm not giving you my yes, God. I'm giving you my no. I am not going to that place. I am not taking that journey. Have you ever given God your no? I have. And I will tell you, there is no peace down that road. It's a struggle. Internally and externally, the misalignment of our heart and God's heart, it wears away at us. It drags at us like the car that's, that's, that's misaligned. It, it has consequences. And that misalignment drags at us and it shrivels our soul. And all through the Bible, you can read those stories of no way, God. And yet when they finally come around to the yes, God, they experience peace and alignment and purpose. It doesn't mean that all the problems or the circumstances go away. But when you read those stories in the Bible, you'll see that they're now living in the peaceful, never-ending kingdom of our good God. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So what about you? Where do you need peace? What, what's burning deep down on the inside of you that until you chase it, until you run towards it, you're not going to have peace? Because I believe that's God's will. That's his purpose. That's his design. And he's inviting us to step into that. I want you to go back to the Lord's Prayer as we close in Matthew 6, right? Wherever you are, if you're watching this on your phone or at home, I want you to just say these words of verses 9 and 10 out loud with me. Out loud. We're praying together, recognizing our relationship with our Father and giving him our yes today. So say this with me. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you invite us to come close. You invite us to walk with you. You in invite us to experience your will and your way, your rule and your reign, not with an iron fist, but with open arms. God, as your will is done in, in heaven, as the, as the angels follow you, as, as, as your word is, is spoken and come into existence. Lord, I pray that you would speak that into existence in us, your hope, your redemption, your forgiveness, that you would reveal your purposes and your will to us. And Lord, that you'd give us the strength to follow you. Lord, today we give you our yes. We're all in. We're yours. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, let me just say this. As, as we face challenges, of life this week. And we will. You will and I will. In those moments, I want you to pause and pray. And this isn't necessarily a close your eyes and bow your heads kind of a thing. God invites us just to, to pray without ceasing, to walk with him continually. But in those moments when you face those challenges, just pause and give God your yes. See, God, your will, not mine. Your way in me. Your kingdom right here, right now. Just surrender that to God and experience his peace. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may you experience his favor and his peace. God bless.